Okay, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 12. I'll pray and we'll uh, dive in head first, see what we come up with. Our Father and our God, we, we, we love your word. I don't know if there's any question about that. And we want you to speak to our hearts and we want to apply what's here in your word to our lives. And Father, we pray you'd take and bless and just make this a, a real fun time, a real learning time interesting time, whatever you would have, Lord, but, um, you know, we, we know that uh, you take your word seriously, we take your word seriously, Lord, and so we've dedicated ourselves to that purpose of uh, knowing your word and making uh, your son, our Savior, known at this time, we ask, so we ask it in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Deuteronomy chapter 12 uh, these are the statutes and judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of your fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places, plural, wherein the nations, plural, which ye shall possess serve their gods, plural, upon the high mountains, upon the hills, and upon every and under every green tree, you shall overthrow their altars, break down their pillars, burn their groves with fire, and you shall hew down the graven images of their gods and destroy the names of them out of that place. You shall not do so unto the Lord your God. And he goes on to talk about the place which the Lord your God shall choose. We'll get there in a minute. Let's look at the first three verses. Okay, you going in the land? This is what I have for you. Destruction. Uh, God has the right to do that. He's a jealous God. But more than just his jealousy, I mean, think of it, he's jealous to bless us. Um, I was listening to somebody preaching this week. I almost suspect it was Joe Foch. I, I think it was. And he was talking about Oprah Winfrey, who, when she heard that, she was brought up in a Baptist church, and when she heard that God was a jealous God, well, she didn't like that at all and decided she wouldn't worship, worship such a God. But think of what happens when you don't. Well, I'll pick a different God. I'll pick Buddha. I'm going to worship Buddha. I'm going to worship Allah. Well, this is America. Do anything you want. And the outcome of that is you go to hell. You say, oh, how dare you? This is a multicultural society. Oh, you, can, you can worship any God you want. Yes, you can. You can do anything you want, but what you can't do is you can't choose the penalty of your choices. You can't do that. God says, um, you didn't accept Jesus as your Savior? Well, you go to hell. That's, that's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Um, and that's why God's saying, destroy all them. They're not the path. I had a funeral yesterday. And like most funerals that I do, that I conduct, most of the people aren't on that narrow path. Jesus said, it's a broad way that leads to destruction. When you say destruction, we're not, let's not be, we're talking about hell. It's a narrow lane, it's a narrow street, it's a narrow way, and it's, and it's a, that leads to life. And Jesus says there are few on that path. It should be a multitude, but it's not, it's few. Well, it's a multitude if you look at the many, and over the years, it becomes a big number. But in any society, at any time, what is people who are going to heaven, what is that number here in America? Well, if you go to a funeral, that's 100%, 100% of the time. <laughs> oh, they're in a better place. Now, I will tell you this. The funeral that I did yesterday, I believe in my heart of hearts that she is in a better place, to wit, heaven with Jesus, whom she trusted, as far as I know, for salvation. Okay? So that's a wonderful thing. And I'm, I, I, I love when I'm able to say that with any shred of confidence. Uh, when they asked me to do a funeral, and, uh, and I don't think the person had any relationship with the Lord, I'll do the funeral. Everyone deserves, who, everyone who's creating the image of God, which is everyone, deserves respect and a, a decent burial. 
But I'm not going to stand there and lie and say, oh, oh, they're gone from our midst and they're in a better place and they're dancing and it's wonderful. And I, I don't think there's dancing in hell, okay? I don't. And I don't, I'm not, I don't play that game. I'm not, I'm not doing it. So if you want me to do a funeral for somebody who is an unbeliever, I'll do it. I'll be happy to do it. But I'm not going to lie. You get up there and you can do the eulogy and say what a wonderful, great, incredible person they were. But if they didn't know and love Jesus, I, I, I'm not going to. I'll, I'll go around the, you know what I mean? I won't, I won't say, well, they're probably in hell now. We don't do that. We don't do that. And that's kind of unsavory. And, you know, we never do anything like that. I, I wouldn't, but I'm not going to sit there and lie. So people have come to me. And ask me, and I, and I say, you know I don't lie about this. And they'll say, I get it, I understand, and we want you to do it anyway. Okay, just so you know. People who don't trust in Jesus don't go to heaven. This is the inhabitants of the land. And he's saying, take all that idolatry, rub it out, wipe it out, destroy it. I get it. I understand. You shall not do so unto the Lord your God. Okay? No, 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 no. Different. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. I think this is the first time we're hearing about this. It will become Jerusalem. There are temporary places in the interim. It will become Jerusalem. God's waiting 400 years for a a king to arise who will wipe out a group of people called the Jebusites and take over the city, and that's where God will settle his... his that's, the God, that's under the place which the Lord your God shall choose. Now, God gets to choose. I know a lot of us want to choose, and I've, and I've heard about this, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I feel very close to God when I'm out fishing. And by the way, I do too. Listen, people talk about the cathedral in the woods... Listen to me, listen to me. I get it. I totally understand. I really, really do. Listen, uh, every, I'm a hunter, and every uh, you know, fall I go out and I, and I hunt. And when I'm out in God's creation, I feel very close to God. And this doesn't preclude that. This doesn't say, don't worship God anywhere except in this place. It's just saying, I have a place for some special activities, and you don't choose. I choose. Why? Because God's sovereign. Under the place which the Lord your God shall choose out of all your tribes, to, and I bet all 12 tribes saying, it's going to be our tribe. I'm sure it's going to be, it's going to be us. It's going to be our habitation. That's where God's going to select. Uh, he's going to put his name there, even unto this, his habitation shall ye seek, and thither thou shalt come. Well, I'm going to go to that, like I say, that cathedral in the woods. I know it's Sunday morning, but I'm going to, you know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, but I'm going to forsake the assembly of myself together. And it says, uh, but it talks about building up one another. And ever, that, ever the more, as you see that day approaching, well, I don't care about anyone else. I just care about me, and I'm going to worship God out by uh, a trout pond. And by the way, I have no problem with fishing. I mean, I really, really don't. And I understand this. You Listen to me now. Listen. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I really, really am not. But uh, I, I understand there's only so many weekends in good weather, and we like to use them up to rest and relax. Is there anything wrong with that? I, I, I'm not trying to say that there is. I think in my own life, I think there's priorities, and I always wanted to put God first. So you take a weekend off and you go fishing. You horrible sinner! I'm not. I'm not saying that. Does anyone? Is anyone hearing that? Because I'm not that. But we do that every single Sunday. We get to select. God is on a back burner, if we ever get there. And maybe when we get old and sick and feeble, then we'll start taking these things a little bit more seriously. But in the interim, it's all about me and it's all about my enjoyment. I get to choose. God's saying, um, 
I get to choose. Verse 6, thither shall you bring your burnt offerings. Okay, wait a second. Your offerings, that's important, it has to do with worship. Your sacrifices and your tithes, your heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your freewill offerings and the firstlings of your herds and of your flocks. Now, this is all in Leviticus. All these things have to be done a certain way and stuff like this. And they're going to be done at the place where I choose, not the place where you choose, is what God's saying. You know, people say, well, I don't, you know, they'll find a fault with the church. How easy is that? How easy is that? Any church I've ever been is not perfect. Why? Sinners go there. The, the head guy who teaches us is a sinner. Everybody who attends is sinners. And, and, you know, I came there, nobody even shook my hand, they didn't make me feel welcome, and, and, or whatever it is that, you, that pushes your buttons, right? We all got, you know, criteria in our own mind. And, and so you're always going to find fault anytime you want. And so I can't go to any church because they're all faulty. What do you, what do, you do with your tithes? Well, I'm not paying them. Oh. <laughs> this is looking like... Can, I, how do you worship God collectively by yourself? How do you pray with others all by yourself. Now, now, see, this doesn't preclude, like, so they're in the wilderness now. They haven't crossed over. Have they worshipped God? Sure. In the privacy of their, in their tent door, have they seen the pillar of fire and just fallen down saying, God, you're awesome. Thank you for raining down manna on us every day. You're so, does this, is that anything wrong with that? No. It, when God says, hey, when you do this, does that mean you can't worship anywhere else? I want us to be worshiping Monday through Saturday and then collectively together on Sunday. I think that's God's plan. I think it's a good plan. You, you see what I'm saying? I can't do that alone. I can't worship with a, a group alone. You, you know what I mean? So I'm coming to and from work and I'm worshiping God. I'm at work and I'm worshiping God. Anything wrong with that? I hope, I hope you're doing the same. But, but you're not there. And I covet that. I so want to see you and so want to be with you and so want to worship God as a group together. I think this is what we're talking about. There you shall eat before the Lord your God and you shall rejoice. God wants us to rejoice. Ah, it's Sunday. Ugh, gotta go to church. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you got that attitude. Just, I think God wants our, our heart to seek after him. You shall rejoice in all that you put your hand unto, ye and your households, wherein the Lord thy God hath blessed thee. Why? Because he's a blessing God. And that is a reason for celebration. And that is a reason for rejoicing. And God's good to us so much all the time. Are you thankful? Do you live in that place of thankfulness where you understand all that I have comes from God? You shall not do after all the things that uh, we do here this day. Every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. Let's talk about this. Right now, they're, in the, they're in, the, in the wilderness, and they're kind of determining and making their own way. And he says, that's fine for now, but when I establish you in a permanent residence, this is what I want. And don't do what's right in your own eyes. You know what the problem with America is? I say it all the time. I know I sound like a broken record. I get it. Um, we do what's right in our own eyes. Adolf Hitler did what was right in his own eyes. I don't think he did what was wrong in his own eyes. He did what's wrong in everyone else's eyes. But in his own eyes, I think he th thought he was doing the right thing. As Osama bin Laden, I absolutely believe he thought he was doing the right thing. I think he stepped into eternity thinking he was going to meet up with 72 black-eyed virgins and Allah was going to be there to welcome him, him into glory. I absolutely believe he thinks he was doing what is right in his own eyes. No? Most of us do what we think is right in our own eyes. 
I don't have to go to church and be with those hypocrites. They think it's right in their own eyes. Everyone has, listen, we ate the apple. I know what's good and I know what's wrong. And by the way, I don't care what that old ancient book says. I get to decide what's right and what's wrong. Book of Judges, at the beginning, at the end, it was people did with that which was right in their own eyes. Kind of a recurring phrase. And God looks at that and says, what happened, and if you read the book of Judges, it's abysmal. Everyone doing that which is right in their own eyes. The problem with America is everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. I teach children evolution, says the teacher. I think it's right. I think it's correct. And I want people to think they're just a highly evolved animal. Is that right in God's eyes? And are you okay? Because you're a public school teacher and that's what they require you to do. I think gender is a very fluid thing. And I think everyone should not be all weird about this and you can go from man to woman back to man and back to woman and just and you can be a man playing woman sports better than all the women and steal all their college scholarships and I think that's a fine thing factor in the sarcasm here I think sometimes you you guys get me okay I wonder sometimes on others who don't know they take me at face value and they're off exactly 180 degrees Think about the person who does that. Are they doing wrong in their own eyes? Because at the end of the day, who cares what's right in our eyes? God says, this is right. I remember early on, this is a true story. Uh, I heard of a pastor who had an affair and was found out. And instead of immediately resigning and leaving the pastorate in shame, he went on to say, well, it was a really good thing that he did having this affair. He learned a lot about his own marriage, and it broadened his perspective, and he understood some things. I'm sure he was doing what he thought was right in his own eyes, and he was cheating on his spouse. Horrific. Every possible evil that we can get involved with. Somebody's going to come up with a reason why it's okay. Every day, Christians are living in sin without the benefit of marriage, living together. Because they're testing out. I just, I just want to make sure that we're compatible you know, before we marry. Marriage is a big thing, so I want to make sure we're compatible. They're doing what's right in their own eyes. God's saying, uh, you shall not do after all things you do here this day, every man whatsoever is right in his own eyes. I don't want you doing that. I know right and I know wrong, God says. Uh, just think about like what I just said. Living before Living together without benefit of marriage. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, if you're, trying, if you're testing to see if it's a good thing so that we can get married later on, the divorce rates spike with people who live together first. The divorce rates are higher. So you're doing the opposite of what you think you're doing. But does God know that? Does God know statistics? Does God know that? No, 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 no. Don't do it that way. Don't do it that way. That's wrong. That's a trap. Do it this way. And we do it God's way and we run into success. Huh, who'd have thunk it? But we're too cool for school. We know more than God knows. That's the problem with America. Listen, if I can get personal for a second, that's the problem with Jesus Christ's church in America. I'm not necessarily indicting you. Listen, you're here. <laughs> that's a good sign. You could have been a million places and here you are. Thank you for that, by the way. And praise God. 
Don't do what's, whatever is right in his own eyes. For you are not come yet to, uh, to the rest and to the inheritance which the Lord your God giveth you. So for now it's good, but you're going to come to a place and I'm going to give you your inheritance and then it's not going to be okay anymore. When you go over Jordan and dwell in the land which the Lord your God giveth you to inherit, and when he giveth you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety... That's what we've been talking about the whole time. Does he want to give you rest from your enemies roundabout? The outcome of these battles are not in doubt in the mind of God. I'll never get over my fear. God's saying, oh yeah, oh yeah. You want to get over fear? Easy peasy. Can you imagine God saying, I wish I could deliver you from fear. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh my goodness. You worship a God like that. Well, it's part of who I am. Not if you don't want it to be. You think God really doesn't want to take you into your inheritance? Can you explain? Somebody come to me and explain that to me afterwards. God wants me to be victimized by demonic influence in my life forever. I'm sure of it, and this is how I know it. Really? That just seems so. I'm sure of the opposite. He's going to give you rest from all your enemies round about so that you dwell in safety. Then there shall be a place which the Lord your God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. Thither shall you bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the heave offering of your hand, all your choice vows which you vow unto the Lord. Okay, in that place. By the way, it's Jerusalem. It's at the temple. You have to show up there three times a year minimally uh, if you're a healthy male and you can travel, and you shall rejoice. It's not a problem. It's not a, oh, it's it's a burden. It's a, oh, I can't believe God expects all this out of me. No, 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 no. You shall rejoice before the Lord your God, ye and your sons and your daughters and your men servants and your maidservants and the Levite that is within your gate, for as much as he hath no part nor inheritance with you, Take heed to thyself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. Well, it's way down Jerusalem, but I got this high hill here, and there's some trees there. And if I, uh, you know, under the trees, you know, a lot of shady activity there. It talks about the groves. We'll talk about that sometime. But I got it right here in my backyard. Why should I go all the way down to Jerusalem? That is the thinking that led to the separation of the, of the kingdom, north and south. And the north kings were never good. They, everyone was more horrible than the next. There was one king I thought was, eh, uh, who worshipped yod heh vav worshipped God, uh, but even he wasn't, at the end of the day, what you would want out of a king. Um, don't do that. Don't, don't take heed yourself that thou offer not thy burnt offerings in every place that thou seest. But in the place which the Lord shall choose in one of thy tribes, there thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, and there uh, thou shalt do all that I command thee. Notwithstanding, now listen, there's there's an exception here, and it's a good exception. Notwithstanding, thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Now lusteth sounds like a bad thing. It doesn't, doesn't, no, it's not. It means whatever you desire. You can have, you can take of your herd, your sheep, your cattle, you got, you, you, you got goats, right? You can take a goat, and you have to sacrifice. You can have a barbecue. You can, have, you can go hunting. You can shoot a deer. You don't have to drag it down Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, you can't. That's not a, it's, a, it's Levitically clean to eat, but it's not a sacrificial animal. So you can do that in your gates, is what he's saying. Thou mayest kill and eat flesh in all thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. Venison is a blessing. Amen. You're a good God. The unclean and the clean may eat thereof, as of the roebuck and as of the heart. And again, we're talking about, think about it like, you know, deer. Because that's what we're talking about. Roebuck and heart. Um, the clean and the unclean. You're talking about animals? No, you can only Levit- eat Levitically clean animals, these people here. But the clean and the unclean talks about a person. You don't have to be ceremonially clean. Can I give you an example? It's kind of a little bit of a tacky one, but it's the only one I can think of. A woman, when that monthly visitor comes, is unclean. 
scripturally, ceremonially, and for a whole week afterwards. I mean, a visit is about a week, right? And, and afterwards is a whole week where she's ceremonially unclean. Well, for half a month, you can't eat meat. That's horrible. Wait a second. No, God's not like that. He say, no, knock yourself out. The clean and the unclean, it doesn't matter. It's not, it's not a question of making an offering. It's not a question of that. It's a question of, so your husband goes out and shoots a, a deer, and you're having venison or squab or not pork chops or, <laughs> right, goat, whatever. You can take of your herd. You can have rack of lamb. Oh, you don't have to be clean. It's not a sacrifice. It's just a barbecue. I'm cool with that, God says. Oh, he's a good God. Now, I, that was a good place for an amen. Us meaters, we're not. You know, if you're a vegetarian or vegan, I'm not trying to offend. I'm really not. But I'm not. I'm not one. I don't know if anyone here is, is of that ilk. But again, that's fine. That's fine. Only you shall not eat the blood. You shall pour it upon the earth as water. Why is that? God has a prohibition against eating blood all the way through Scripture. It even goes off into the New Testament. Um, it's respect for life, I think. The life is in the blood. We find that Levitically. By the way, is that true? Yeah. It's even true in first aid. You know, you're doing CPR on somebody. Kind of important. Chest compressions. Right? You do it to the tune of staying alive. It gives you how many beats. And also it's kind of good to know, right? That's kind of important stuff. If they're bleeding, not a little scratch, but I mean bleeding significantly, you've got to stop the bleeding before you even do reestablish the heart beating. Why? Because once they bleed out, they're all done. You ain't going to take that blood, scoop it off, and pack it back in. The life is in the blood. No blood equals death. You get below a certain level, that's all there is. Okay? The life is in the blood. We found that to be true. How did, how did Moses know that in Leviticus? He must have had a microscope. He must have seen some stuff, right? Or maybe God, the inventor of life, told him that. Uh, don't, don't eat the... And by the way, just you know, thinking about that, this from the aspect of health, if, you know, if that animal has any disease, it'll be in the blood. And you, you know, getting it, you know, eating that blood would have a chance to pass on disease and stuff. And things, remember, they weren't, no refrigeration, no freezer, no. Adam, I love blood pudding, um, blood sausage, I mean, um, all that stuff. Like, look, uh, we're talking Levitical dietary laws. I don't know if anyone keeps them here, and I'm not suggesting you do. I always say, just pass the blessing, pass the ketchup, whatever. Go right for it. That's kind of how we do. We're not, you know, anti-pork. We did have lobster yesterday. It was delightful. Right? We had a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did ask the blessing. Did we meet God there? And did he bless? Listen, I don't have any. <laughs> I was good. I mean, you know, so everything. But I, I, and I believe that way. But still, you know, it's what he's talking about when he's talking about this prohibition against blood is respect for life. Don't eat the blood, is what he's saying. Uh, thou mayest only, verse 16, ye shall not eat the blood, ye shall pour it upon the earth as water. Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn or of thy wine or of thy oil, of the firstlings of thy herd or of the flock, nor any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor thy freewill offerings or heave offering of thine hand. So it wasn't a tithe, it wasn't a vow, it wasn't a freewill offering, it was dinner. Good. It is a vow. It's the firstling of the flock. It's the, it's the one that opened the matrix, if you want to use Levitical. So it's the firstborn. That one goes to the Lord. I can't eat that, and I can't eat it within the gates. That one's going to Jerusalem. That's becoming an offering. Tithe isn't within the gate. Uh, tithe of your corn. So you get corn, the first 10%, grain is the idea, is the Lord's. Uh, well, I'm growing grapes. Great. The first 10% is the Lord's. Well, I'm growing olives or figs or whatever promised land goodies that God's coming up with. The first 10% is the Lord's. And you can't have it, and you can't have it in your gates. It's God's, and it goes down to Jerusalem. You can't eat it. Uh, verse 18, but thou must eat them before the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord thy God shall choose. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, 
and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite that is within thy gate, and thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God in all that thou puttest thine hands unto. Again, it's a time of rejoicing. So festival, we're going to Jerusalem, it's Pentecost, it's, it's uh, what, Feast of Booths, it's uh, um, uh, Feast of Unleavened Bread, we're on our way, we're singing the songs of ascent, it's festival time. We're going with family. We're going with our extended family, our cousins and our nephews and all. And, it's, and we're singing. We're having a good time. We're camping out in the stars. We're telling stories of God. We're, and then we come up to Jerusalem. And it's a time of great celebration. Oh, I don't have to go to Jerusalem again. Not like that at all. And we're taking our tithes. And we're taking our family. And we're, and we're, and we're having a, just a high time. Uh, you get a lot of days off if you're uh, Jewish. You get, a, you get a, a week off in the, in, the, in the spring, in the summer, and in the fall. And you get every Sabbath off, too. It's really kind of a good, a good uh, situation. Now, is it paid holidays? Well, I don't know that, okay? I don't, I, I, I'm not going to involve myself with that. But you get time off. God wants you to work yourself right into an early grave. No, no. I don't see that. Take heed to thyself that thou forsake not the Levite as long as thou livest upon the earth. His work is the Lord's work, and so you've got to support him. You've got to take care of him. You've got to make sure. That's what tithes were used for, support Levites and priests and, and, the, and the like. Uh, <clears throat> when the Lord thy God shall enlarge thy border as he hath promised thee, and thou shalt say, I will eat flesh because thy soul longeth to eat flesh. Thou mayest eatest, eatest flesh whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Again, he's not, this isn't a, a nasty, out in the wilderness, when they wanted quail and they wanted flesh, what they were doing was rejecting what God had given them. And that's a bad thing. It's not going to rain bread from heaven in the promised land. They're going to have herds and flocks. They're going to be able to hunt and capture birds. I mean, Levitically edible like doves and pigeons and things like that. Swans and geese and ducks and what all else. They're going to be able to do that. And God says, knock yourself out. I, I, that's fine. You, you say, I will eat flesh because thy soul longeth to eat flesh. My soul does. Thou mayest eat flesh, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. If the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to put the, his name there be too far from thee, then thou shalt kill of thy herd and of thy flock, which the Lord uh, hath given thee, as I have commanded thee, and thou shalt eat in thy gates, whatsoever thy soul lusteth after. Even as the roebuck and the heart is eaten, so thou shalt eat them. The unclean and the clean shall eat of them alike. So you can eat in the gates, that means at your home, okay, food. Even if it's flock, even if it's herd, just like the gazelle, just like the roebuck, okay? You're not taking uh, venison to Jerusalem to offer because you can't. But you can eat it Levitically because it has a cloven hoof and it chews the cud. By the way, venison does. So does moose, so does gazelle, so does all that whole family, heart, roebuck, uh, uh, there's all kinds of them in Africa too. There's uh, impalas and there's pronghorns out in North Dakota. There's that whole family, you understand, right? You can eat them. They're all good. Moose, is, if you haven't had it, is delicious good. And it's good for you and it's fine to eat Levitically. You're not going to offer a moose, okay? It's not Levitical for offering. You're not taking that to Jerusalem. So he's saying, yeah, you want a sheep? You want rack of lamb, by the way, yum-o. You getting hungry? I'm getting hungry all of a sudden. Uh, you see, you can have the rack of lamb. That's fine. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Say, Jerusalem's too far. Have it, eat it, enjoy it. It's not a free will offering. That's the first of the flock. He put prohibition on some things, but not on everything. Only be sure thou eat not the blood, for the blood is the life, and thou mayest not eat the life with the flesh. Thou shalt not eat it, thou shalt pour it upon the earth as water. Uh, you know how he keeps repeating himself? I, you know how I keep repeating myself? Because that's how we learn. We, we tell our children, how many times do I have to tell you? Stop that. One more, apparently. You keep repeating. We keep repeating. We keep, we keep saying the same thing. Why? Until we learn it. 
That's how we learn. Uh, and it really is that way, too. We learn through repetition. Thou shalt not eat it, that, uh, that it may go well with thee, and with thy children after thee, when thou shalt do uh, that which is right in the sight of the Lord. Only the holy things which thou hast in thy vows thou shalt take and go unto the place which the Lord shall choose. Again, that will be Jerusalem. And thou shalt offer thy burnt offerings, the flesh and the blood, upon the altar of the Lord thy God, and the blood of thy sacrifices shall be poured out upon the altar of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt eat the flesh. So there were offerings that were burnt up entirely. There was some like fellowship offering, wave offering, heave offering. You, could, you would have part of it, the priest would have part of it, and then you would burn up the other part, which is the idea of God having his part. So it's not, not all sacrifices is consumed on the altar entirely. Uh, observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee and with thy children after thee forever, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. I've got a way to live, God says. It'll work. You know, I think about this about marriage. Uh, you know, guy's on his sixth marriage. I, I married five crazy ladies. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the common denominator of all these marriages? You and the fact that you didn't do it God's way. Will marriage work 100% of the time if you do it God's way? 100% of the time, if God invented marriage. Hey, you know what works for marriage? And God will tell us, and he will teach us, and he will instruct us. But, we're, again, we're too cool for school. We know better than God, and I'm going to do it my way. And it goes sideways, and then we blame the other person because they're crazy anyway. And it was never our fault. It was never, you know, was, I, don't, I don't have to obey God. Uh, so she left. Half my stuff left with her. <laughs> Terrible, tragic, right? Hey, God says, I invented marriage. I know how it works. Do things my way, and there'll be blessing, and there'll be great joy, like there is in my marriage. Blessing and great joy. Uh, why? We seek to try to do our marriage the way God, and there's plenty of instruction in the Bible about this. How to have a good marriage. So, well, listen, I'm talking to, the, you guys know this stuff. You guys know this. But there are people online listening, on the radio later on who will be listening, who may be struggling. The answers are in a book, instruction manual, among other things. Okay, um, where am I, where am I? Thou shalt love, in verse 27, uh, 29. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, verse 2, when the Lord thy God shall cut off all the nations before thee, whither thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land. Again, God's wondering how this is all going to play out. No, he's not. He's not. Your, your battles, the, the outcome is never uncertain. Isn't that a great joy? Yeah, I wonder how I'm ever going to be able to. Yeah, the answer is yes. I, I don't even need to fill in the blank. Yes. Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them after they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Why would you want to do that? They're being destroyed. But we think sometimes we do the same thing. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord which he hateth, God, wait, 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 wait. God hates? Yeah. Yeah. You're a mom, you'll hate. You have, you have a child, you're a mom, right? Anything that would destroy, you hold your newborn baby in your arms, nurse them. Anything that would destroy that child, you automatically hate. If you're doing mom right. Same for dad. Yeah. I love that child means I hate someone who would come and kidnap that child. I hate that, I hate kidnapping. Every abomination, Lord, which he hateth, have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. God saying, I have had a belly full of that. I have had enough of that. I hate that. Amen. I love God so much. He hates that. You think he's supposed to love it? Child sacrifice? I hate it. There was one father who sacrificed his only begotten son. He had the right to do that. He's the giver of life. He gave, 
His son rose from the dead. He knew the whole thing. It was for the salvation of mankind. No other person has the right to sacrifice their children. God hates that. I'm glad. I'd have trouble worshiping a God who loved that. God says, I hate that. Why would you do that? Why would you go after their gods? What thing soever I command you, observe to do, thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. Again, no additives, no diminishing from it. Uh, we, tend to be liber- uh, we tend to be Pharisaic legalists when we add. When we diminish, we get, we're, we're libertines. We're, yeah, you can do anything. Yeah, it's all good. Again, cathedral of the woods, we don't care. Worship God any way you like, whatever God you like, it's all good. Uh, God's saying no. Uh, chapter 13 is 18 verses, but we'll get through this quick. And I knew that we would, so don't look at the time and panic. If there rise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams and give it the sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder come to pass. Okay, this guy's doing signs and wonders, right? That is an indication of signs and wonders, and that's all. America's ripe to be hoodwinked into believing falsely. I've had conversations with a lot of people, whoa, how does this happen? And they explain something that's beyond their understanding, and so therefore, it's God or godly or good. I, I don't even know where to begin with that. I'll begin here. You've got a dream or a prophet, okay? And he says, uh, you know, this and this, and he gives you a sign or one, and it comes to pass where if he's spoken, he's saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known. Let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. I'm letting that happen, God's saying, but I'm testing. Um, signs that are unexplainable the miraculous, the supernatural, only means supernatural. It doesn't mean godly. Um, you know, some of you, most of us, I think, here know, Janice and Jambres, right? Moses goes in, let my people go. And he takes this staff and he turns it into a snake. And so did the, so did the wizards, so did the magicians and pharaohs. How did they do that? How did they do that? They have powers, apparently. Moses turned the Nile to blood, and they turned the Nile to blood also. I don't know how they, you get your ticket punched on that one. It's kind of a little shady. Hey, we're making you know, <laughs> our own blood, bloody water. I, I don't know how that goes, right? But let's just say, but they did it, apparently, according to Scripture. It wasn't until, uh, I think it was the fourth plague, where Moses turned the dust into lice, where they said, this is the finger of God, we can't duplicate this. But they're doing magic for magic, it looks like, or sign for sign, right along. Satan's got powers. He can do some stuff. But at the end of the day, so you take your, somebody, they get cancer, you take them to this healer person, the cancer goes away. And so then they start But they're false teachers. They're teaching stuff that isn't right. It shouldn't have gone to them in the first place, I'm saying. But two, God God says don't do this. Satan will give you stuff that you'd follow him. Let's go after other gods which thou hast not known, let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet of the dream of dreams. So the Lord your God proveth you. At the end of the day, so you go to hell. Don't follow after other gods. They'll take you to hell. Is this big doings? Yeah. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. You shall serve him and cleave unto him. Why? Because the only way you're going to heaven. Well, I got a lot of stuff. I made a deal with the devil and I got a lot of stuff. And then I went to hell. Well, that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt. 
and redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put the evil away from the midst of thee. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I'm supposed to put him to death? Well, we can't do that, okay? Just <laughs> don't let me hear. You know, the guy was teaching me. I had a Jehovah's Witness come to my door, so I shot him. No, <laughs> stop, okay? Just close the door. Abruptly even. Just don't shoot anybody, okay? What, what is God, God having a bad hair day? He said, kill him. In the Old Testament economy, yeah. Yes. Why? They're stealing the soul of your children. I don't think the worst thing in the world is going to hell. I think the worst thing in the world is going to hell and find out your son or your daughter or your grandson or your granddaughter are there because they followed you. That's what I think is the worst thing of all. These are men stealers. They're going to steal your soul and take you to hell. God said, I take, you know, in, in Israel, uh, kidnapping was a capital crime. So spiritual kidnapping. And this is where God says that. They're going to turn you out of the way, following after false gods, kill them. By the way, that'll clean, that'll clean up the whole society in a hurry. And it does. If thy brother the son of thy mother, or thy son, or thy daughter, or thy wife of thy bosom, or thy friend, which is thine own soul, which is as thine own soul, entice thee secretly, saying, let's go and serve other gods, which thou hast not known. Thou nor thy fathers, namely of the gods of the people which are round about you, nigh unto thee, or far off from thee, from one end of the earth, even unto the other end of the earth. Thou shalt not consent unto him, nor hearken unto him, neither shalt thou, I pity him, neither shalt thou spare Neither shalt thou conceal him. We're talking about your buddy, your best, your, your soulmate, your good friend, your son, your wife. Wow. God's taking this very seriously. False worship is as serious as it gets with God. You may be like David. Uh, someone who gets caught in adultery someone who's involved in murder. And that's not okay. You see the chaos that resulted from that. But at the end of the day, you think David's in heaven? Yes. He didn't, he was an adulterer before his God. He, he was a murderer before his God. He never changed gods. He never changed teams. Now, can the same thing be said again Sol, about Solomon? <sighs> We're just reading that in just this last week. The end of his story is not grand and glorious. We all, we wonder. We wonder. Thou shalt surely kill him, verse 9. Thou hand shall be upon him uh, to put him to death. And afterwards the hand of all the people. Uh, you go first. Jesus said that. Let him uh, without sin cast the first stone. He, he, you found out you're the one who offended you. You uncovered this. You don't conceal. I don't care if it's a near, no favoritism. What, what are you going to do? Thou shalt stone him with stones that he died because he has sought to thrust thee away from the Lord thy God which brought thee out of that land of Egypt from the house of bondage. He wants to take you away from God. He deserves to be stoned. Um, Revelation real quick. Uh, you don't have to turn there. In Revelation chapter uh, 16, and this is the last bowl was poured out, last bowl of wrath. There fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent. Men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail. The plague thereof was exceeding great. What's God doing? Stoning mankind for their false worship. To wit, the worship of the Antichrist. No, you're going to kill him. You're going you're to stone him first. And all Israel shall hear and fear and shall do no more any such wickedness as this, as this is among you. And if thou shalt, he's given us one more example. If thou shalt hear say in one of the cities which the Lord thy God hath given thee to dwell therein, saying, Certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. Don't go and attack them, nuke them. Find out first, then shalt thou inquire and make search and ask diligently. Behold, if it be truth and this thing certain that such abominations wrought among you, Thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly and all that is therein, and the cattle thereof with the edge of the sword. 
Wipe that city out, God's saying. You say, this is really serious. False worship is serious. Thou shalt gather all the spoil of it in the midst of the street thereof and shall burn with fire the city and all the spoil thereof, every width for the Lord thy God. It shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. Uh, it's important that you don't take the spoil when you do this. Uh, in the Middle Ages, the church of Rome was very famous for uh, this old widow lady on the hill. She's got a fortune. Oh, you mean that heretic? And they... She was accused of heresy, whether she was a heretic or not, because half the spoils went to the church and the other half went to law enforcement. And that made a, everyone was a heretic in those days if they had anything. And if you read uh, A Woman Rides the Beast by Dave Hunt, whom I consider a prophet, he catalogs that and chronicles it in some real cases and things of this nature. But this is disincentivizes you. You're going to do this because it's a real thing. You're not going to get rich from this. You ain't getting any spoils. You're not going to add to your flock, to your herd. Well, they got gold. We can't burn that. You're going to ground it to powder. You're going to burn it. It shall be a heap forever. It shall not be built again. You're going to, every whiff, and there shall cleave not of the cursed thing to thine hand. I wish Rome read that verse. That the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show thee mercy and have compassion upon thee and multiply thee as he has sworn unto your fathers. You follow the Lord exclusively. When thou shalt hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God to keep all his commandments which I command thee this day to do that which is right in the eyes of the Lord your God. These aren't fun verses, are they? God is telling us, it's important to worship me. You become like me. You worship the other gods. It's only a matter of time. Child sacrifice. You say, well, you know, people in some religions, let's say Muslim, let's pick on them for a second. They don't sacrifice their children. Would you like to be a woman in that system? Saudi Arabia, women don't drive. Do they vote? I don't think anyone votes, but be that as it may. I think false teaching always leads to false living. Always. So we take the Word of God and we say, this is our roadmap. This is our compass. Will it result in success? In every venue, you put the Word of God into that. What does God say about work? What does God say about this relationship? What does God say about me doing this and refraining from doing this. What does God say about, and I apply the word of God, success. I don't care what God says. I, I got my own ideas. I'm doing that which is right in my own eyes. Sideways. Here I am sideways in a ditch. Wonder what happened. I, I, I don't care what God says. I think I'm smarter than God. And that's, that's what we're looking at today. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing. Okay, let's stand and We'll pray. Our worship leaders will come and send us out of here in song. Again, Father, we're those who uh, take your word very seriously. We don't want to do what's right in our own eyes. I mean, we don't want to do what's right in our own eyes. We want to do what's right in your eyes. Because we're not that smart, and we're fallen creatures, and we have a proclivity towards sinfulness and selfishness. Deliver us, Lord. And at the end of the day, we want to be in, at home in heaven with you. Now, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.